This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. A safe place for trans communities, our friends and our allies to share our experiences. We'll discuss our issues, our challenges and our successes. We'll occasionally make you cry and hopefully we'll educate and inspire you. Welcome to Transpositions on Joy 94.9. Good evening Melbourne, it is Tuesday night, it is Transpositions and you are with Megzi and my wonderful host, she's back tonight. Michelle, welcome back to Transpositions. I kind of missed you last week. <laughs> I kind of missed you too. It's <laughs> funny, I'm away for a week and I, I feel like I've been here for yonks sometimes. Well, you were off playing television last I week. I was. <laughs> I had a few other interviews. I was running on some of the other shows as well, which was really fun. So, Well, I really want to catch up about that because that really looked quite interesting as to what happened last week. And yeah, it's like well, my, my fun- co-host was on TV and I wasn't. That's <laughs> kind of not fair. Well, funny enough, there actually was a lot of it in the news that came up, a few different articles. So I'll yeah. touch base on, on basically what it was about as well in oh, the news. Oh, gotcha. I think we should do that. Tonight's show, what are we talking about, Michelle? Well, tonight's show, we are recapping the Intelligence Square debate, uh, something we were involved in quite early on that um, I was quite proud of in the end. And, and uh, you get to hear a bit more about it from us as we discuss it. Yeah. So. I, and one of the, over the past couple of weeks, I sort of mentioned that I was in the studio audience of the IQ Squared Intelligence sorry, Ethics in a Debate. And it was a really interesting event. And it was supposed to be, well, it was supposed to be a respectable debate. But you were there, <laughs> I and I didn't there. get to be there, and I was involved from this damn thing from the beginning. I'm just lucky, Michelle. <laughs> you are. Hello. Well, I got to spend the lovely weekend with my daughter, so I can't complain. Oh, that sounds pretty cute. Oh, you're lucky. Oh, God, Michelle. Well, guess what time it is? What time is it, Migsy? It's time for, time the, for news. the news. Yeah, so what have we got for the news this week? You know, there wasn't a lot of really big things standing out. So the first one that stopped out at the top of the Googles. <laughs> yes, there was. It was you on television. Well, there was me, of course. Um, so the first one in the top of the Googles was White House appoints first transgender person as primary LGBT liaison. Was it Caitlyn Jenner? No. Thank but God. But she wants to be Ted Cruz's, Ted Cruz's what? <laughs> Trans ambassador. Oh, Lord help us. <laughs> God. I think she's done enough already. <laughs> anyway, Rafi Friedman Gerspen, I really don't know how to pronounce it properly, is now the White House main point of contact for LGBT groups on all issues. President Barack Obama has appointed Rafi Friedman Gerspen as the White House's primary liaison. So she's the first transit person in the role. Um, now, um, all LGBT leaders applauded the announcement. She's a great choice, uh, said uh, Mara Kelsling, executive director of the National Center for Transgender Equality. Uh, President Obama has said he wants his administration to look like America, and that, and they have moved to include trans Americans. Well, so guess, this guess is what? great. Uh, so that sounds great. So she's she's the lead point of contact for LGBT issues on all LGBT groups on all issues. So that's great. That sounds awesome. Um, transgender man to see barbershop that denied service for religious reasons. So a U.S. Army sergeant who identifies as a transgender man describes refusal of service at a California barbershop by owner who said he didn't service women. 
a California transgender man plans to take legal action um, because the owner refused to give the customer a haircut, stating that he only services men due to his religious beliefs. The owners of the owner of the barbershop, Richard Hernandez, did not dispute the central uh, facts of Oliver's account, though he argued that the patron did not make it clear to him that they identified as a transgender man. Um, he says not identifying, he's not targeting the LGBT movement, but referring to them as a woman, said he's a member of the Church of God, said the Bible stipulates that women should not have should have long hair. To cut a woman's hair would be a violation. But is that like a disclosure issue or something like that? Because I don't know, it should be. But he said God teaches a clear, uh, very clear distinction between the genders and that women should have long hair. And that because they had their female at birth, that well, well, well you know. I've got long hair. So <laughs> like, you oh my God. Um, so yeah, that's pretty uh, that's pretty bad, you know, but what do you do? You know what, if I if I had a boo kind of sound, I might give that but I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I know where it's at, I'll find it for you. Okay. Um, now look there are more more articles around more bills being created to mandate that students using bathrooms dang to gender. We had more we had more articles unfortunately around murders of transgender people. I really don't want to cover that. I just think mm. that's just there's too much. More articles around the second Wachowski sibling coming out as transgender. Yeah. Which is really cool. I think that is so, oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And then last but not least, as we were talking earlier, and so this actually came up in a couple articles on the news, and I was actually a part of this. And so the articles were about a unique show on SBS Insight this past week. So the, the show's episodes called Love Transformed, and often in mainstream media, the interviews articles that feature transgender people, the narratives are usually of transgender people and their transitions, mm. okay? But not often you get to hear from the people who are the partner or child or parent of someone who comes out as trans. And so... So the question was, how does this uh, revelation transform their relationship? What, what I found really interesting is that during that show, mm-hmm. it was quite evident that for families of trans people, there was basically no support for them whatsoever. No, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. So the thing is, is like, I, in my case as well, and I'm probably sure it's the same as yours, that, yes, okay, we've known for a long time that we're trans and mm. finally we're able to accept ourselves and, and transition. For us, it's kind of, and I saw it written mm. somewhere, which says it's more like a revelation that we've transitioned than our families around us. Right. They're the ones who have to transition, yet there's no support for them. I, I actually got involved at a um, at a health thing last week, a trans health thing with uh, Rowellen and some other people. Rowellen's the Gender and Sexuality Commissioner here in Victoria. And um, yeah, this is sort of workshop I was at and I said, look, this is one thing which is important because there's nothing for hmm. families of trans people. So, Well, that's one thing I had said on the show as well, that when I actually went out looking for um, a support group for my partner, my family, the support group was actually ran by a transgender person, and they were even blocking me out. Wow! And it was it was it was so heavily policed. But is it because you're not trans enough? <laughs> uh, according to that rule, I'm a drag queen. Really? I don't think you look like a drag queen. No, so. no. If you wear, no, according to that, trans enough. If you wear boxers on the weekends. Oh, not that's trans right. Because that was from a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Hey, things need airing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like your underwear? Exactly. <laughs> you are listening to Transpositions on Joy 94.9. Well, look, just a, just a bit of a quick background on this uh, Intelligence Square debate. Um, I thought there was a good intro before we get into it. Was during the period of, of consultation with the Australian trans community back in November, uh, prior to creating this, this upcoming Intelligence Square debate, there was a flood of negative responses that were, were voiced. And it became obvious that there are a range of views within the trans community around the relative merits of, of publicly discussing or debating trans identity. Uh, some of us take the position that people like Jermaine Greer, who criticize trans people, should be denied a platform and prevented from voicing those kinds of opinion and believe we should no longer engage with our community's detractors. 
You know, I mean, we just immediately, immediately, they're a turf, it's horrible. Um, Others of us, like myself, see the public discussion and debate of issues pertaining to trans identity as a chance to once and for all have a voice, being able to stand up tall and say we are here and we do exist. Uh, This debate was designed to allow various perspectives to be explored, discussed and debated in an environment of civility and mutual respect, and hopefully reach far greater mutual understanding of of each other's point of view, Uh, but most importantly, allow trans voices to be heard on a global platform. Uh, And this is something I became involved in early on as I saw this as a landmark event. I felt strongly we couldn't allow these detractors to continue creating negative media attention any longer. Why should they be allowed to have a voice and ours remain silenced, often silenced by by our own community? Uh, I can uh, assure you, though, that organizers spent considerable time making sure they found respectful voices for this discussion. And these these are many discussions I had off air with, and and there's there's questions around that, but, but it was something that was chosen quite selectively. Now, as this landmark Intelligence Squared debate on gender identity went to air here in Australia on Sunday and can be on ABC iView, it was clear that everyone who took part has agreed to be considerate and fully understand the obvious necessity for this debate and the necessity for the debate to be heavily moderated. Um, it does sound like people did give their, their full opinions uh, on certain things, but it was heavily moderated. Um, trans people uh, and our allies will no doubt be pleased to hear that the final audience vote on the night carried the motion society must recognize trans people's gender identities by a two-thirds majority. Which is true and look as I said I, w- I was there in the audience and I, look I've got my sort of own little speed which I'm going to sort of have a bit of a chat about later on but I found the event was well interesting but you know we're talking about the whole no platforming thing uh this is my viewpoint as well. I do, I do share your view, which is quite strange because we don't always share the same no, viewpoint. Don't. But look, the thing about it is this. I believe in this notion of called freedom of speech, and that is where people can get up and, and talk about what they believe in. Now, what I have an issue with is when people shout down against other people. Now, yes, some people may say things and you might not agree with it, and it's up to you to stand up and to rebut what those people are saying. Now, this actually was something that was a bit hard between you and I because I actually it was a hard sell for you to get on board with this one. It was a hard um, sell for me, yeah. Because when it was first pushed out on Facebook, um, there were so many people who immediately said, nope, their turfs shut them down. We don't allow them to have a voice. And I was so passionate around this. Now, there was actually death threats and everything sent to the Ethics Center on this. And the Ethics Center actually contacted me directly and said, Michelle, you know, you quite, we, we love following the show. We love what you do. Can you have a chat with uh, have a chat with us about this and get your opinion. And I said, of course, we really need to be heard because if we keep shutting ourselves down and as soon as we hear, well, trans people, I was like, no, 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 forget it. No, 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 shut it down. No. And yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> we want trans people to be heard. So we had two intelligent people up on stage exactly, who, who represented us and it was amazing. It was really good. And looking you know, at the other two people, I didn't sort of really share I try with, which uh, I, to me, it was like, I wasn't exactly happy with what they said. And I, as I said, I'm going to say something about that later on because because in one sense, I feel that it wasn't entirely a respectful conversation. No, I think I think the other side were trying to raise issues and trying to relate them to the trans community. And I uh, look, I I don't think they really truly understand the trans community. And they were trying to relate so many issues that didn't actually. 
have relevance. Now, and I even agreed with Peter, like Peter Hindle, who was the trans man on stage. Yes. And, and what one thing he did was, is he said he agreed with Jermaine Green on some stuff. And you know what? I actually was like, thank you. Yes, I know exactly what, because it was turning a negative into a positive saying, this is what they're really saying. Yeah, exactly. And I was listening to that as well. Like, can I, what Jermaine said about lopping off a penis before in the past. And I was like, oh, come on, seriously? What the? You know what? It's not your genitals which makes you your gender. It's what's upstairs and it's how exactly. you feel and it's how you identify. And that's really what your gender is. You know, I think probably in each of our cases and a lot of other trans people out there, we've all felt our gender identity since we've been quite young. But we've either through pressures or in life inertia it's it's been hard to sort of come out until it gets to that breaking point and say yeah stop i need to say something here well i believe as well that we don't we aren't women overnight we may identify on the inside of how we feel but we don't become women in society overnight like most any other cisgendered woman they don't become a woman when they're 12 they become a full woman of society eventually over a course of time and you learn and i believe that's what we also need to understand and learn from these stories, like things like Jermaine Greer saying, things like Peter Hendel said, some of the others. We need to learn to develop and actually become women mm. and learn to fit into society. Not so much, oh, all of a sudden you put on a dress and whatever, oh, now I'm a woman. That's not how it works. It's not, yeah, and look, I, I know that um, Bronwyn Winter, she did actually read a quote, and uh, look, I don't remember exactly how the quote went, but she said, you don't, uh, you don't become, you don't, you're not born a woman, but you become a woman. Now, she wasn't saying that in terms of affirming a trans, as she put it, a transgender um, or a trans, uh, a trans narrative. It was actually in terms of the oppression that she was talking about with regards to women. But look, I look at it this way. I think it also does apply to trans women as well because it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It is a long, drawn-out process. And, you know, you come across trans people. And look, I'm putting my hand up here, I was one that just wanted everything. Are you, are you a trans person? Yeah, I'm okay. trans. <laughs> I, I wanted it all um, straight away, overnight, instantaneously. Again, where you and I butted heads. <laughs> yeah, we did many a time. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't happen overnight. If you go into this process thinking that it's going to be instantaneous, you're wrong. You're totally wrong because it is a, a long drawn out process. So anyway, yes. I'm Michelle and you've got Migsy sitting here <laughs> eagerly waiting to jump in. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not, not stressing out too much. You're cool. You're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, I gave a bit of an intro on my end on things. Now, yeah. you're actually there in the Intelligence Square debate? Yeah. In yeah. person, in the flesh? Yeah, so I was there. So on Sunday night, the ABC News 24 aired the IQ, IQ Squared Ethics Centre debate, and that is society must, I might mean the word, must recognise trans people's gender identities. Now, I was quite fortunate to be sitting in the audience uh, of the debate, so I got to see the show before anyone else really got to see it on TV, so I was kind of really lucky. It was tagged as being a respectable debate. In fact, I was quite happy with how respectful Peter Hindle and also Andrea James were later in the, in the debate. And maybe I was sort of a little bit biased, I don't know. But I could really tell that something was brewing, and what the cameras didn't really show was Bronwyn Winter staring in her seat whilst Peter Hindle was speaking. A man who was assigned female at birth, and really, not that that's really important anyway, but a man talking about his experience of being transgender and his own identity. Bronwyn, self-admittedly, was nervous, so she scripted her entire 
entire piece of the debate. Now, I don't blame her. I would probably deba- I would probably script the entire things too. Now, I'm not an academic by any stretch of the imagination, but I do tend to live in reality and also live within my own life experience. There were things that were said, and um, and there were things that were said and really confused me when they came out because when it came to female female brains and and male brains, this is what Brom and Winter had to say. Is the presumption that people sexed in a certain way have a corresponding gender hardwiring, and that for transgender people the wires have somehow become crossed, meaning that the external appearance of the body has to be altered to correspond to the correct mental wiring. There's no such thing as a male brain or a female brain or intersex brain. Brains are brains. Brains don't have gender. Now, that sounds rather strange to me because I've, I've learned through researching my own personal experience and also what makes someone's transgender is there is a difference between in brain, in brain structures between male and female brains. Renowned American neuroendocrinologist Professor Robert Sapolsky is a leading professor of biological sciences and a professor of neurology and neurology sciences and neurosurgery at Stanford University. His views seem to differ to those of Bromwins. And if we're talking about a world of academia, I think he's maybe a little bit more qualified than her. Delivering a lecture at Stanford University in May 2010 about human sexual behavior, this is what he had to say about transsexualism. The notion of transsexuality as a psychiatric disorder has had much, much longer shelf life. What's the neurobiology of that? To date, there have been a handful of studies and they show essentially the same thing. Really, really interesting. Another region of the brain that shows a sex difference in its average size. Don't even worry about the name of this. It's called the bed nucleus of the striae terminalis. It's where the amygdala begins to send its projection into the hypothalamus. Another one to those gender differences. There's one type of neuron in there with a certain type of neurotransmitter transmitter where very, very reliably it is about twice the size in males than in females, sufficiently so that even in human brains you could pretty confidently determine the sex of somebody by seeing the number of these neurons. You'll see I'm not even saying the name of the neurotransmitter. It's irrelevant. It's just another one of those differences, a dimorphism in a region of the brain, a really, really reliable one. And this was a study done by some superb neuroanatomists looking at transsexuals. And what they showed was very interesting, which was very, very reliably and a very powerful effect what you would see in their large, large sample size of transsexuals' brains post-mortem was people would have this part of the brain the size not of their sex that they were born with, but rather of the sex they insisted they always actually were. Wow. Immediate questions one must ask. Okay, well, maybe this is due to the fact that when people change gender, transsexual procedures, there's a whole lot of hormones involved, and maybe that's doing something to this part of the brain. Critical control that they had was this was looking both at transsexuals who had made gender changes and those who went to their deathbed saying, this is not the sex that I am. I got the wrong body, but never made the change. It wasn't a function of having actually gone through the transition and the endocrine manipulations with it. Another control they had, which was looking at men who would get a certain type of testicular cancer where they would have to be treated with certain feminizing hormones. In other words, very similar to some of the endocrine treatments of male to female transgendered individuals and post-mortem 
you didn't see the changes there. It has nothing to do with the hormones. It had to do with the person insisting from day one that they got the wrong body. And this was a landmark study, fabulously well done and controlled and replicated once since then, showing that what transsexualism used to be thought of is that people who think that they're a different gender than they actually are. What this study suggests is what transsexualism is about is people who got the wrong gendered body. And these are people who are chromosomally of one sex. In terms of their gonads, they're of that sex. In terms of their hormones, they're of that sex. In terms of their genitalia and their secondary sexual characteristics, they're of that sex. But they're insisting, that's not who I really am. This part of the brain agrees with them. So what Professor Sapolsky is saying, that there's actually a biological basis to being transgender. And it's not due to having postnatal hormones or, as Jermaine Greer so eloquently puts it, lopping your penis off. So when Bronwyn when Winter says something like, We are framed as nasty viragos attacking men who are now poor dears experiencing a crisis of masculinity. kind of feel that I'm being mocked because for me it was never a crisis of masculinity because I've felt this way since I was very young. Kind of congruent with what Professor Sapolsky was saying. If we are actually shouting each other and not allowing each other space and allowing one group of people to trample over another group of people and say, well, I'm a woman now or I'm a man now and you must accept it, we actually don't get the I'm a man now and you must accept it. We get the I'm a woman now and you must accept that it's women women that are being bullied, not men. This was supposed to be a respectable debate, but it wasn't. I don't like women being bullied by men. I really don't like anyone being bullied, especially transgender women. Well, even cisgender women, transgender men, cisgender men, LGBTIQ youth and adults and really anyone. I think Andrea James really summed it up when she said this. To paraphrase Professor Milton Diamond, nature loves diversity, society hates it. And I think that really says it all. So that's what I really did have an issue with. But one of the things that Brahman Winter did say was this. Let's respect each other's choices of who we are. And I really hope that we can get some sort of respect out of who we are because really, well, that's what we all really want. A degree of respect and a platform in which we can all say how we identify, but also be respected. And yes, I do respect where Bronwyn sits, but I don't respect the way in which she carried out her actions and the way in which she said her words and the overall tone and language. I don't think that was respectable. I don't think that's what we wanted from the debate. No, I just, the thing that really got me was how the transgender t- child was a, pr- a product of the of the pharmaco companies. I had an issue with that as well, because that's not entirely the case. You know, when we talk about what Professor Sapolsky says uh, through the study that, that he that he was mentioning, is that this is something which happens in the brain when the, when the fetus is actually forming. So it's not anything to do with the pharmacy industry. And what also I've got an issue with as well is when people talk about life experience or experience as when we look at transgender children they basically have the same life experience as a cisgender girl if they transition at quite young or a cisgender boy it's exactly the same but do you always notice in these debates that someone like Bronwyn it's always talking they always go and attack trans women and they always have something negative to say about trans women there was a brief bit where she goes oh yes and 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 trans men who are who are female to male um there were a brief point where they identified as a lesbian to begin with but then it's this negative what what i found out what i had an issue with and what was actually what actually was not shown on the broadcast was that the moderator asked 
Peter Hindle, the trans man, as to has he had any negative issues with men out in the public? And basically his response was no, men just accept me as I am. So it draws into question as to when we have radical feminists who who are quite vehemently opposed to trans women and dig it quite folk on a strange way. So and that's not all feminists. There are some feminists I've met who have been amazing, who've actually been who totally we've even had messages come in who from women who identify as, as strong feminists, even on our show on our to our, our email. Yeah. And they were so supportive of what we do and and, and our, our position. But it's those who become extreme. Yeah. Um, that's when it gets really difficult. That's when it gets difficult. What I didn't do before actually I need to give credit where credit's due. So I wanted to give some credit to ABC News twenty four iview, which is where I got the audio from and also YouTube as well, which is where I got the speech or the, the lecture from Professor Sapolsky. So I might actually share and later on the entire lecture that he gave, I think for like went for about an hour and a half or something mm. like that. So tell me, Michelle, TV and everything else like that, how's it all gone? Uh, it's gone well. There's been quite a few uh, follow-ups, some amazing responses uh, from different people. Somebody actually delivered a letter, a card, handwritten card into my ex's letterbox thinking I still actually lived there, which was actually really received quite well, actually, by oh, her good. as well. Um, the kids... The kids were so happy and proud of it. And yeah, so if anybody still wants to get in touch with me as well, uh, and, and, and they watch it the, on SBS Inside, they can look up Love Transform for SBS and uh, they can get in touch with me on at Miss Shepherd. Yeah. Or, M-I-S-H. Or you can also reach us here at transpositions at joy.org.au. That's probably best. Yeah, yeah keep it that's here. best because it comes both you and I. So. Exactly. How, how funny was that one uh, follower on our um, show? Had somebody out of, this has probably been my most favorite message we've received so oh, far. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And so what happened was is one of our podcasts because we've been updating podcasts and you know all caught up one of ours around christmas actually mixed up with some of the audio and we had a um, message from someone in the states uh who said they just recently saw the the thing i had replied back and said oh yeah you know thanks so much you know sorry we'll, we'll actually update that for you no big deal and the response that was given was absolutely hilarious it was so cool because like when we share stuff on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash transpositions on joy that's Michelle and I and also our good friend Kurt as well he also shares stuff up there as well so anytime you guys send a message up there it usually gets to straight to Michelle or myself or even Kurt as well and it was just it was just their response as well like oh my god oh my god you responded back to me (laughs) (laughs) yes we're real people just like you exactly there's there's nothing fancy about us at all we're just regular people and that's it so to that one person you know who you are we we really did appreciate that you actually did make our day which is your response it was quite hilarious yeah it was great I really do appreciate because I really liked it as well. It's good getting those messages from people. Yeah, really do appreciate it. Now, actually, I was going to say, on the weekend, I went to Chill Out Festival. Yes, how was that? I didn't get to go. Well, the thing is, I was debating whether to go or not, but what I did on Saturday, I went to Kyneton, actually, of, of all places, um, which is actually not too far from where I, where I grew up. But I went to Kyneton because they had this Lost Trades Fair, and that was actually really, really good. It's like lots of people building stuff, how they used to build it ages ago, building chairs and, and building leather goods and i'm sure some of the leather men out there would probably really love going to something like that uh-huh. but it's a really it's it, a really if you're a leather man and you like uh, you know you like mingazi she's available for dates now <laughs> no, no. Shut up, <laughs> but uh, it's like a bit of a family thing so leather man at that place i don't know if it worked too well she's not actually staring she got her eyes closed I because she's blushing. Closed. <laughs> <laughs> blushing but what i also did i thought well like, you know dalesford's not too far away it's only half an hour away so i thought i'd go down to dalesford so i went to dalesford saturday afternoon just to sort of 
intend to stay there for a little while for chill out. Ended up getting home at like midnight on Saturday night, then turning around again and coming straight back to chill out again for Sunday and taking lots of photos for John to the Joy Facebook page. And I had a great weekend. It was awesome. It's the first time I've been to chill out and it was a total chill out. It was great. I'm spewing a digging to go. You should have gone. I was laid out on my back. I wasn't feeling well. I was really, really crook. It's kind of really weird because like the weekend before I was at Mardi Gras in Sydney. So I was, as I said, I was marching in Mardi Gras the other week. And it's just like, chill out. It's just so sedate compared to Mardi Gras. It's just so different. Rub it in. <laughs> Michelle, you need to get out more often. I do need to get out. I'm... <laughs> I'm like a bad advocate. I go out and speak to different schools and things like that. But when it comes to these big events, I'm like, I can stay home. I got my kids. Well, the kids. <laughs> I, I love my kids. I love my kids too. And I think probably if I had the chance, I'd rather spend the time with the kids instead yeah. of going to these events. But at the same time, these events are really affirming events for, for people. And, you know, if you're, if you're gay or trans or, or lesbian or bi or intersex or queer or whatever you are, even an ally, um, these events are really good for, for a couple of different things, really, for building connections with people, but also marching and and when you do get people cheering for you, it actually starts to validate how you feel about yourself. But I think these connections with people is very important that, that we don't just sit at home. We actually get out to these events. We meet each other. We hang out with each other. And I think if we if we t- remain too isolated personally, that we just that's where it leads to depression and yeah. and all that stuff. So definitely, you get these events out. Get out there. Have fun. These people are just like yourself. Some people who are full time, part time, half time, whatever it is. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. That's it. So you have been listening to Transpositions on Join. 94.9 and if you haven't had enough of me stick around till nine o'clock I'm, I'm going over to the next studio to actually be interviewed now <laughs> oh, so it's going the other way around now so you're going to be in with the chatterbox boys at, exactly so Mish is quite tired right now so anybody wants to bring me a coffee bring it now hurry <laughs> you brought me the coffee before which I really appreciate I should have now if you want to message us during the week transpositions at joy.org.au is our email address as I said before facebook.com forward slash transpositions on joy that's trans, T-R-A-N-S-P-O-S-I-T, whatever. You, you know what you know what the deal is. Um, like our Facebook page if you really like listening to our show. Send us messages. We'd like to hear from you guys. Unfortunately, it is the end of the show. Michelle, thank you so much for another lovely evening. Same to you, sweetheart. And um, we are going to be back next week, I hope. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation. Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.